everyone. Welcome to the By Faith Podcast. We are back with Landon. Going back to back. Yes. Well, this is kind of like a part one, part two of the book of Joshua that we're going to do. So we've been going through Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith this semester. Last week, we talked about Rahab, which hit um, more in the beginning of Joshua. And this is kind of like a continuation of that story almost um, as we talk about Jericho. Yep. Um, so Landon, tell us about that connection of like what happened last week and what's what we're moving into this week. Yeah. So we gave a little bit of a spoiler last week with the story of Rahab um, that she's eventually included uh, in the family of Israel as a part of the Messianic lineage uh, is spared from the fate of Jericho um, because of her faithfulness to the spies in Joshua two. We find out in Joshua two um that everyone in the city is afraid of the Israelites and that the Lord has delivered the city into their hands. Um, so it's kind of obvious like what's going to happen, um, but it still hasn't actually happened. Uh, and so in between Joshua 2 and Joshua 6, um, we see the Israelites kind of approach the city, um, but also just take some time to prepare um, for the actual taking of the city and kind of even waiting on um, the Lord's command on how he wants them to take the city. And they're just not blindly going into it. Um, one of the interesting things that even kind of came up in uh, my research for this week was like uh, Jericho isn't like this big bad city that we like kind of play it up to be, or have maybe seen it documented as like the Israelites probably could have easily gone in there and like taken the city. Um, so the fact that they even sat back and waited is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, even like in Joshua five, we see them um, take time to practice Passover and uh, circumcision. And we could spend a lot of time talking about like the details of what those are, but I think the the important part um, to kind of set up Joshua 6 is like they took time to prepare and even like to listen and uh, to remind themselves of what the Lord had done for them up until that point um, and to prepare them for uh, how he wants them to take the city. Yeah. So like this week we kind of get this like climactic moment mm-hmm. and we get to see how last week kind of prepared for that climactic moment, how Rahab played a huge part in that and how um, in between these two passages, if you want to take some extra reading before group and read in between two and um, five and six, um, you can see the preparation, which is really cool. Um, So what is happening in this week's scripture? Yeah. So we don't start at the beginning of six, but actually start at um, chapter five, verse 13. Um, which is really interesting. Uh, and we get this picture of um, Joshua's near Jericho and he sees this man standing in front of him with a drawn sword. Uh, and just so Joshua just goes up to him. And he says, are you for us or are you for our enemies? Um, and this man replies, neither, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Uh, and then in response to this, Joshua falls face down to the ground in reverence and asks him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Uh, And it says, the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so, which this is an interesting, like even full circle moment um, because take off your sandals for this place where you're standing is holy uh, is what Moses heard from the burning bush before he was, um, you know, called to deliver um, the Israelites from Egypt. And now as they're at the doorstep of the promised land, uh, this even comes full circle um, so we don't know if this person is God is like some sort of messenger from God. You actually mm-hmm. probably might know a little better than I would with your, 
uh, <laughs> seminary wisdom. But um, what, what do people say on this one? It's it's a debate. It's a great debate. Um, you can find people um, searching both ways. Um, there's a really cool video on the Bible Project called The Angel of the Lord that might help unpack this scripture a little bit. It's helpful in a, actually a couple of scriptures that we've talked about yeah. of like who the angel of the Lord is. Is it Jesus? Is it um, an angel? We don't know. Well, maybe that's a debate for another day. Yeah, um, it's not the focus of this group. It's something really cool to like yeah. search into and think about. Uh, and so then it says in, in Joshua 6, so I don't know if this is that commander, if this is just like the Lord speaking to him. Um, but it says, the Lord says to Joshua, um, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and fighting men. Uh, and then he kind of gives them these instructions of like how the Israelites are to take the city. Uh, and so they're supposed to march around the city um, once with all the armed men for six days. And then on the seventh day, um, they're supposed to march around seven times. And after the seventh time around the city, they're supposed to blow a trumpet. And when there's a long blast in the trumpet, the whole army gets a loud shout and the walls of the city are just going to collapse. And I think <laughs> if you've heard the story of Joshua yeah. before, you hear that and you're like, oh yeah, that's what happened. But I think that even one of the things I've said as I was looking into this week is like, leave your veggie tales theology at the door. Yeah. And like, don't like normalize this. Like in your head, whether you've heard this story or not before, like, Go back to square one and just imagine like you're in Joshua's shoes. It's like, this is how you're going to take the city. And I think that most of us would do what we've seen characters do up until this yeah. point, right? Like it'd be like the Sarah Abraham thing where they just, you know, laugh it off or, mm-hmm. um, you know, make excuses or even like try to do things a different way. Yeah. Um, Especially in regards to what you said earlier about this being a civilization that they could have overtaken themselves. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and then Joshua's just like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then we just basically get him turning around to, you know, his people and saying, okay, here's what we're going to do, um, which is just a really cool act of obedience. I think we have to realize just how like, like just bonkers this is like, this isn't one of those situations where it's like, oh yeah, like back in the day, like that's how like they did, you know, war tactics. Like this was just like kind of wild. Yeah. And he was just like, well, God, I've, you know, I know who you are and I have a relationship with you and I know that you're good and I know that I can trust what you say. And so I'm going to be obedient on this one and we're going to go for it. And sure enough, that's exactly what they do. Um, they march around the city, you know, six straight days, uh, march around the seventh time, seven times shout and there go the walls. Um, and then Joshua uh, instructs them to devote the city to the Lord. Um, and that's giving over everything, the people, the cattle, the sheep. Um, there's a lot of, you know, destruction in the back half of Joshua 6. We even talked a little bit about that last week yeah. um, and a good way to think about that. Um, but these are people who um, were actively not aligning themselves with the purposes of Yahweh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a really crazy, um, crazy story. And then just it concludes just saying, um, the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. Uh, and from here we see um, the Israelites march into the promised land. Yeah. So like you said, if we take this into, if you grew up watching Veggie Tales, or if you're a new Christian, just like look at this from like this, from just like a practical standpoint and just think like if I walked around this build, God told me to walk around this building however many times, like, what does that faith look like, you know? And so that's kind of like what we're trying to understand here. Because um, I think sometimes I think about the Old Testament scriptures as like this fantastical way because I grew up hearing them in Sunday school. Mm, and yep. then one day I went to Israel and I 
walked through David's kingdom, like his literal like palace. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, this, this is real. Yeah. This happened. Like, it's not this fantastical story. Yeah. And so I really appreciate your grounding. <laughs> and like, what is happening here? Yeah. Um, so as you were grounding this and really like digging into the research um, on this passage, like what really st- stood out to you? What fired you up? Yeah. I think it was just another, like, I mean, a, a common, like, little song you learned in, in Sunday school was, like, you know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. And it's, like— <laughs> That song did play in my head when you start first started talking. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, I think you just assume, like, oh, yeah, like, Joshua and his big bad army took the city of Jericho, and it was great. Um, and even one of the commentaries that I read was, like, you know— the the name of the section for this section was Yahweh won the battle of Jericho mm-hmm. and just making a reference back to that and just <gasps> Whoa, saying like, it was actually yeah. Yahweh who won the battle, um, which is just so cool. And like, you even see it in, I think you see it in so many different places, but like um, they marched around with like the Ark of the covenant, um, which mm-hmm. for them, like like was like signified, like the Lord was present in the yeah. Ark. And like, that's, they held the the 10 commandments that the Lord had given them. Um, and so that's just even a beautiful thing of like, they were marching around the city with God. Um, these weird kind of, you know, tactics even just display that like it, they weren't going to take it by their might. They were going to take it by uh, their faith. And the, the Lord was literally just going to hand it to yeah. them and cause the walls to come crumbling down. Like they didn't really have to um, do anything of themselves. Um, they had to take faithful action. Um, to take what the Lord had already, you know, given them. Um, but it's not about them. It's about what God has done. Um, and even like this this visit from the commander of just like, I have, um, you know, given you this city. The place you are yeah. standing is holy. Um, my purposes are to deliver this um, into your hands for my glory. Yeah. Um, and so I think that um, this is even a good week to think about like the overarching um, message that we should be getting out of this curriculum um, is the goodness of God. Because yeah. um, we, we are studying a lot of really great characters and a lot of really great faithful people. And yes, they have taken faithful action, um, but it really is a testament to to who our God is mm-hmm. uh, and how he can use our faithfulness. Yeah, because we keep thinking about our own faithfulness, but what about God's faithfulness? Because he was first faithful to us. Yeah. Um, in this passage, the story is always just so convicting to me and humbling to me because— um, it helps us just see that like, it's not like sometimes often my prayers are filled of like, Oh Lord, give me the strength to do this thing. Instead of praying like, Lord, like, what are you already doing? Yeah. And how are you leading me into that to take part in what you are already doing and how you are already moving. Yeah. And so it's just very, very humbling um, posture that um, you just see Joshua taking. Um, so just thinking about um, the whole curriculum, like what are some like themes that you really want to like make sure that we are talking about in core group this week? Yeah. So obviously I think that that idea of um, obedience is a huge thing. I mean, we see it from Joshua that kind of, you know, just say yes, no matter how wild mm-hmm. it may seem. Yeah. Um, and I think that's uh, a really good word. I think that um, we have to understand that sometimes the things that the Lord is going to ask us to do aren't going to make sense yeah. to the world. Um, I think it's, uh, there's, you know, it's not, maybe it would run countercultural to the world's definition of success, power, and progress. Um, and we, we feel this, I think, on the college campus. There's the expectation to get a degree, get a job, get a paycheck, get the house, you know, whatever it is. Um, 
And so I just found that myself asking this question of like, you know, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, like I'll obey God. Um, but what happens when it's not easy or, it, you know, doesn't um, align with your, your five-year plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. just kind of sounds bizarre. And so I think that um, this scripture just reminds us that like his ways are better than our own and yeah. invites us to humility and invites us to uh, actively align ourselves with his will for our lives um, rather than just assuming that we know best. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the line in the Lord's prayer, like your will, not mine. Um, yeah. not even the Lord's prayer. Um, sorry. The prayer that Jesus prays in the garden of Gethsemane. Um, when Jesus yep. is just like weeping before he goes, um, to be crucified on the cross, he literally says, Lord, yeah. like take this cup of suffering away from me, but your will, not mine. And like that humility and yeah. willingness to say, yes, Lord, your will before mine, even though like this is my desire yeah. for myself. And it's really know? funny you mentioned that because I think that is the tie-in to Jesus yeah. for this week. I think it is that Jesus modeled this really well of mm-hmm. um, wanting to be someone who rid himself of self-will and daily, you know, tried to align himself with the Father's will. I yeah. think we see that in the Lord's Prayer um, that, you know, that he instructs us to pray, um, you know, your will be done. Yeah. Uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Um, yeah. But also I think the the prayer in, in the garden is another beautiful yeah. example of like, um, you know, not my will, but your, yours be done. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something we need for our own formation day after day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when the wild, you know, <laughs> the wild ask comes, you know, when we're told yeah. to march around the city seven times or, you know, do something that sounds just bizarre to our natural logic. Um, we've built up enough trust, um, built up enough, um, humility and like even union with the Lord's will, um, to be able to take him at his word and just say yes. Yeah. And I think it shows that like our will, it doesn't mean that our will doesn't matter or desire doesn't matter. Cause like the, like Jesus even expressed his will. Mm, Um, it's just the Lord's is so much better than our own. Um, we see that. I love that the segue into just how we can see Jesus in this story. Um, it was, it's so vividly seen in the story of Jericho and in the constant life of Jesus. Um, just especially in like his heart and prayer and his heart, um, even, even dying for us, you know? Um, so we see Jesus in this story. Um, how do we see faith lived out in this story? Yeah, I think it even just ties back to that idea of like Yahweh won the battle of Jericho. Like faith mm-hmm. isn't faith isn't always about what we can do yeah. uh, and our grand action, but it's about what God can do through us. Um, and so I think that one of the the best things that we can do um, as people of faith is just those daily quiet acts of um, dying to self will and aligning ourselves with the Father's will um, yeah. to daily just kind of even run to to the throne and just say, Lord, like even just to, to, to ask him, you know, Lord, what is it that you, you want to do in my life today? Mm-hmm. Um, and not, you know, pressing our own, um, plans on to God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I even, I love how much this story reflects the story of Sarah that we talked about earlier on in the yeah. study. Um, and just like, I love seeing how, our stories and like the stories of the Old Testament characters are just so similar to one another. Cause oftentimes we think that we're going through something new and unique and no one understands us, yep. but really <laughs> like it just is this like concurrent over and over again thing. Um, very common themes. And we also see Sarah living out this like 
quiet faith. And like, unlike Joshua, she tried to figure it out on her own. She tried to figure out how to have a child and to execute God's will for yeah. herself and Abraham. <laughs> um, but um, in the end, learned this mode of quiet, still, patient obedience that is being executed by not just Joshua, but all the people that he's leading, like this, the whole Israelite army, you know? Yeah. And I think that we've kind of seen a lot of different characters kind of at this crossroad of, you know, we see them like when the big moment comes. Yeah. The big moment of like, are you going to obey me here or are you not? You know, are you willing to, you know, lay your son down, Isaac, uh, you know, on the altar? Like, Abraham, are, are you willing to trust me that much? And I think that what this week does is it peels back the curtain and says that there is preparation um, and a relationship with God um, and an ability to like listen to him and know his voice, um, and even to align yourself with his will, um, that is as ha- that needs to take place b- even before the big ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it peels back that curtain of like why, even why some of these, uh, you know, characters were in the past were either to say yes to obedience or no to obedience. I think is, um, do you have that underlying prayer life and relationship with the Father where you can trust yeah. him at his word? Yeah, that's awesome. That's really beautiful. So as we think about um, just like faith exercise in the story, like what does this look like practically in our lives? Like we don't want to just talk about these stories. Like what does this look like lived out? Yeah, and I think it's just that that our prayer lives is the mechanism to obedience. Yeah. Um, And I think that I'm speaking to myself on this one because— Uh, I am a very like task oriented person. Mm-hmm. I am a doer. Um, I want to, you know, just go out and do things. You know, we want to go out and um, part the oceans, you know, move the mountains, make the walls fall down, uh, mm-hmm. like we see in the case of yeah. Joshua. Um, but we're not called to, you know, to solve all the problems out there um, by our own might and out of our own means because we're just um, completely incapable to yeah. do that. And so I think that. Um, what this story invites us to do is it invites us to um, surrender the things that are burdening us, surrender the battles that we have in our lives um, to, to Yahweh, um, to the yeah. same God who proved faithful to the Israelites, um, who has proved faithful as we've seen up to this um, point, but also who proves faithful uh, in the battle of Jericho. Um, and so I think this is a really um, awesome invitation to prayer. Um, I don't know when, uh, you'll be listening to this, um, but there's a good chance you might be listening to it. Either this is the week of Dirty Laundry or this is the week after Dirty Laundry. Uh, and so I think that's even an interesting uh, invitation yeah. into prayer individually and communally um, to pray for walls to fall down. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is that is the prayer for, for Dirty Laundry. It's just that, um, you know, for those who... Um, you know, just have had walls built up because they've been mistreated by the church or just have a, you know, a, a perception of who God is or who are, um, you know, stuck in their brokenness for those walls to come down um, through the power of of story. And so I think that, um, man, I even, the, the fact that, you know, students who are on discipleship here have been expectantly praying for, for 30 days leading yeah. up to Dirty Laundry and um, that we're going to have times of, you know, fasting and, and 24-hour prayer, you know, this week of dirty laundry. It's just that, um, you know, we can really take, we have to take that time um, to, to wait expectantly for the Lord to move and uh, to align ourselves with His will. And, um, 
you know, I think prayer is the way that we do that. And so I think the invitation for this week is um, to begin that work of aligning ourselves with him through just the small acts of, um, you know, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I too am a doer. I want to check things off of a to-do list, but um, we're often called, like Jesus um, responded, often to mountaintops to pray um, yeah. and to be in solitude and to just be with the Lord. So much of our lives can surround about being about God and not with God. Yeah. And I can find myself in that trap. I'm sure a lot of us, especially if you're super involved, can find yourself in that trap. And so that's a awesome invitation. Yeah. And I love that this um, dual part series of Joshua is happening around this season of dirty laundry and that we can invite everyone to pray into praying down the walls in our own lives, in the lives of those next to us, our neighbors, our friends. And so we just want to encourage you into a season of deep prayer to pray those walls away. Um, One more thing I'll add too. I think that there's such beauty in even like turning your, your battles over to the father, because I think something he's been reminding mm-hmm. me even recently is like, you know, you're not meant to, to carry, um, you know, your own burdens or the burdens of other people. Um, there's something about, um, being able to trust in him and, and his will and to be able to give those things over to him where he can remind you, um, that he's God and you're not. And there's mm-hmm. actually a lot of freedom that you can walk in, um, by saying, God, you're the one who's redeeming the world, not yeah. me. Um, you know, you're the one that's uh, authoring a night like Dirty Laundry um, and is, is bringing people to you through that. It's, you know, we can faithfully partner with you. We can go and march around the city, um, but you're the one that is going to make yes. the walls fall down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's just such an important vision to, to catch on to. I think it's one that we're conditioned to forget. And so that's why it's, yeah. it's a daily battle to say, um, Lord, you're God and I'm not. And I think that <laughs> that can be hard at first to yeah. let go of our of our own will because we want to be in control of our lives. But there is so much freedom in it because we're going to find ourselves a lot less anxious because we're not yeah. carrying as much as we were before. Yeah. Um, and we're able to actually lean on our good father. Absolutely. Dang. This is a beautiful way to end. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening this week. Um, thank you, Landon, for coming and not even just speaking about Jericho, but speaking about so much wisdom into our lives this week. Um, and um, we will be back next week to talk about Joshua Daniel. again, right? No, oh, we're moving into Daniel and we'll have a new podcaster in the seat. Can't wait for you guys to find out who it is. You'll love her. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Landon. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great week. Bye.